Welcome back to another edition of Discovering Deep Soul. This episode is going to be a goodie and it's going to be how to break down your emotional walls. Hi, I'm Hannah Rose and welcome to my podcast, Discovering Deep Soul. I'm so happy that we have found one another. This space has been created to inspire, motivate and challenge the way you think. I really believe that the greatness that you seek already exists within you. When we know who we are and where we want to go, we do better. So together, through thoughtful conversations and shared experiences, I really hope that you discover your deep soul. Welcome back. I'm so super excited to be here. I just want to firstly acknowledge all those beautiful souls who listened to uh, last week's episode and the short little intro. I was overwhelmed by the response um, and your support means the world to me. So thank you so much for all those DMs and just the acknowledgement of just hitting play and listening to that first episode. If you love it, please share it with your friends. Um, Not every episode... uh, won't resonate with you, some really well. Whenever it does, share it. Share it because if it means something to you, it will mean something to others. We're going to get into this episode and I was, uh, there's a little backstory to this. I was really inspired by, um, there's a show on Netflix and it's called Queer Eye um, and it's the Fab Five and there's five gay guys that come in and they do transformations on people's lives. And There's uh, one particular thing that stood out to me and you know when you just hear something and you just go, hmm, that's actually had some impact on me and uh, I feel like I need to share that with someone. So this particular phrase really stood out to me and it, it was only said once and it was this, walls are supposed to be broken. I'll say it again, walls are supposed to be broken. And it stood out to me because I thought, how many times have we built walls around ourselves, situations, and a lot of those walls have been created because we have been hurt. And we don't ever want that stuff to happen again. So what we do is we we start to build up these walls. And um, what it actually does in the long run is it hurts us. And I just want to imagine, I want you to imagine I want you to imagine if that you could only be in one room in your house, whether it's the bathroom, whether it's the, you know, the kitchen, it's got to have four walls, so it might not be the kitchen, your bedroom, um, it could be your wardrobe, where would you be? Have a think about it. You got your answer? Awesome. And now I want you to imagine that you're never allowed to go out of that room. You're there for the next five years. Let's just imagine that. How are you feeling? Well, I would have chosen my bedroom and I can tell you um, that (laughs) I literally cannot stay in the house for longer than two to three hours before I get bored. So if I was confined to my room for five years, wow, um, I think I'd be on a roller coaster of emotions. Um, You know, there's only so many times you can move a room around. There's only so many shows that you can watch on television if you have a television in the room you're really in that space alone. And um, often when we build up walls, we do this alone. It's like we, 
we like banish ourselves to this room and we're like, no, nah, I've been hurt. I've been, uh, there's no way I'm doing that again. I'm never going back into that, that room, that space. I'm going to be on the outside. But what happens is you end up building another room and you end up staying in that room alone because our life is meant to be shared. We're meant to be in relationships with others. We are created for relationships. When we build walls around ourselves, what we actually do is we shut people out and we, and we leave ourselves isolated. And there's nothing really good long-term that comes out of complete isolation. It would be absolutely devastating. In fact, I think I read this study in one of these books one time, can't recall the name of the book, but it spoke about two people being in a room, they hated each other, but they were put in a room and they had to spend the next, maybe it was a month, maybe it was a year, I can't remember the length of time. But by the end of that, they were the best of friends. Because what else are you going to do in that room, right? But a lot of the time, our emotional walls that we build around ourselves, we're just in there alone. And I'm here to tell you that it's time to break down your walls. And I'm going to show you how. And yes, you're probably peeking right now as you're listening to this. But the one thing I'm going to say is that there's no time frame to breaking down walls. It happens when it's supposed to. And that is one of my points. But I just want to say that right now in case you're freaking out. Your walls are supposed to be broken. They're there short term and then it is time to break through. And I want you to put on your construction outfit, your steel cap boots, and I want to teach you how to break those down one little step at a time. The reason why it's important to break down our walls is because if we stay in the same room or we shut ourselves off from things, we actually shut ourselves off from the next part of our life the vision of our life, where we're going to be in the next five years. I'm going to share a personal story of my own when it comes to building walls, and maybe some of you can relate to this one. It's quite a common one. Um, But I'm going to show you what I did and how I did it in order to get over that wall, bust through it, because that's what I want for you. I want you to be able to break down these walls. So, The first thing you need to realize is when you are trying to identify, well, where are my walls, right? Because episode one, we spoke about self-awareness. Now, if we don't know what we don't know, we don't change it. Now, you have to be able to identify, well, where are the walls in my life? Where have I built them up? I'm going to give you a massive hint. It's where you've been the most hurt. So if you think about your life and you think about where have been the areas that have been most hurt, most of the time it's going to come down to relationships. You've either been hurt by a best friend, you've been hurt uh, in the school setting, you know, being bullied, you know, people just didn't accept you. Um, It could be that you were in a long-term relationship and and, uh, your partner just walked out on you. Um, It could be that you were cheated on. Yeah, it could be that you viewed really bad marriages growing up and you were like, no, I'm never going to have that happen to me and I'm never getting married. Um, These are the walls that we build up. Most of the time, the easiest way of identifying where your walls are is where you've been most hurt. And it will generally be multiple times, okay? You've been hurt in this one particular area. So I'll use an example of my life. 
So I was really hurt within my relationships, in particular my relationship with my father. So it didn't matter what I did or, or, or um, you know, how hard I tried, I didn't have the relationship with him that I wanted. In fact, it was far from what I wanted it to be. And so straight away, I couldn't be good enough for him. I couldn't um, be smart enough. I couldn't, I couldn't, there's nothing that I could do that would um, make me feel like he loved me for me, right? And so straight away, repetitively, I was hurt within, I guess, that, um, that big umbrella of love. I was really hurt in this area. In particular, just that close relationship. So I think that if you think about it, most of the time, um, we as females marry our fathers, right? Or we go, there's no way I want to marry my father. I'm going to marry the complete opposite, right? So when I went um, into my dating life, um, I was really cautious, really super cautious. I remember my first boyfriend um, and I remember thinking, oh, wow, like this is what it feels like to be seen and to be loved and have no conditions and nothing. Like it was just pure bliss, right? Then that boyfriend broke up with me, didn't he? And I was devastated, uh, devastated. I was so upset. I remember losing heaps of weight. Um, and I just never thought that um, I would recover. In fact, I created a shrine, people. I created a shrine um, after <laughs> after I broke up and I was just hanging on to maybe this person wanting to be my boyfriend again. Um, and this was my first boyfriend. And just as the universe would do it, um, we ended up having to be house captain together and we were broken up. And this was in year 12. And I just remember going, oh, you know, like oh, I can hang on to that. Like at least maybe, you know, through our conversations of like, you know, what do you call those? Raw cries? Whatever it is. You know, sports carnivals, events. Um, you know, we might rekindle something. Uh, it, we didn't. We didn't rekindle anything. Um, and I remember that a year and a half had passed and I remember going out with the next guy and the next guy, um, you know, loved me. Again, unconditional love, amazing, felt great. But my, my ownership of it was that I hadn't let go of my first guy. And that's a theme in my life and probably another podcast podcast is how how to let go. It's still something that I'm working through. Um, I find it really hard to let go of relationships massively. And I think that that comes back down to that father relationship where I couldn't get it where I wanted it to be. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, People are probably going, wow, control freak. Um, but yeah, hey, I was really hurt. And I think when you're hurt, you try to control things, your environment, you, everything, the people in your world. Um, so again, same thing, second boyfriend, same thing. He ended up leaving me. Um, I was super codependent in that second relationship. Um, and that's probably another podcast as well. Third guy came along same thing. I was kind of getting the hang of it. I was like, oh, right, cool. I've been really hurt the first two. Yep, not going to go there. And I probably didn't give myself emotionally to to that other person. Fourth guy came along 
and it was a strange relationship. It was on off, on off, on off for a while. Um, but again, it was it was the same story. It was you love me, but you're going to leave me. You you this is I'm going to be too much for you, and um, and if I'm honest, the self awareness for me probably came in that fourth relationship where I just was looking to my partners to fix me. Please fix me. I was like an open wound and I just wanted somebody to, to nurture me and cuddle me and look after me. And I remember just constantly looking to particularly this fourth person in the row of just fix me, please fix me. Um, I need to be fixed and I don't know how and you need to fill that hole in me. Um, and so if you think about just how that sounds, I was needy as F. And when you're needy as F, it's not the best energy to be around because it's like when you need something, it's like that hole can never be full. You're just constantly needing it and needing it and needing it. It's like if you are starved from, say, words of affirmation, like people just don't say anything to you. When you finally meet somebody who actually does give a compliment, you find yourself going back and you find yourself going, yeah, what else? <laughs> what else do you like about me? How else do you love me? Um, God, I hope I'm not the only um, person on here that's got some of these thoughts. I hope you guys are not in your head in agreement here. But um, yeah, I was super needy and I hadn't done any self-work at all at that point. Um, and then once again, the story the same line happened, he left. Um, And then I was in this weird space. Then I met Morgan and what happened with my relationship with Morgan is that I was like, oh, okay, cool. Um, I've now built my wall around myself so strong because you are going to leave me and I'll be damned if I get emotionally attached to you. And I put my poor Morgan through the absolute ringer. Um, and I was like, okay, cool. You've got to jump through 55 hoops. And now you have to do that with just one foot. Um, and you go do it with your hands behind your back and now you go do it blindfold. So I really did, I really did put him through the ringer. I really was trying to test out if he was going to leave and I was going to be damned if I gave myself emotionally yet again to another person because I didn't want the same storyline to happen. Now, that all cost me massively. So for the first couple of years of my relationship with Morgan, he was ready to get down on the knee. He was ready to propose. Um, We had bought the current house that we're in and I remember just being so over looking at houses. And I remember saying to him, yep, I can totally see my family here. We could raise a family in this house. Now at that point, I think I might have just said that because I was so overlooking. Um, But I was terrified. I was terrified of marriage and I was terrified of having children and actually creating that. Um, Again, you know, another, I guess, belief of mine is that being a part of a family hurt and um, my family has had nothing but chaos um, and we've all suffered greatly because of the dynamic and um, of my father in our family home. And we all played a role within that. And again, another podcast. Um, but 
creating a family terrified me because um yeah I just I didn't want a broken home I didn't I didn't want that and I probably never had really in fact I didn't I didn't have healthy marriages surrounding me um and so if you're in the same boat as me and you haven't had that it's actually really hard to imagine what a healthy relationship um looks like or feels like if you've never actually seen it before or experienced it Um, And I would say that all my relationships leading up to Morgan were unhealthy. Um, And it was predominantly because um, I was needy, codependent. I couldn't survive without them. I didn't know who I was. And um, I was looking to them constantly to fix me. So poor Morgan, first four years, ready to just be down on his knee with the engagement ring. And I, I just remember putting more walls up. Oh, no, can't get married. No, 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 no. I remember um, going on Google or finding something, uh, maybe in the search history, and I had seen that he was looking for rings and I freaked out. Again, put another wall up. You can't do that. No way. Nope, not ready to get married. Nope, blah, blah, blah. So I was really scared and really had a lot of hurt when it came to relationships And so I went through my personal um, development or when I started through counselling and tried to sabotage my relationship many, many times with Morgan. Um, In fact, we spent a whole year where I had moved out um, and, yeah, and he stood by me. And so it was really fascinating to me that, that I couldn't, I couldn't shake Morgan off. I couldn't get rid of him. He was here. And um, we've often spoken about this, but when Morgan met me, he said in the time of his life, he was desperate to find his person. Um, and within the first couple of days, um, I remember again freaking out and I had said, I can't do this. And I remember calling him around Easter time and he was all with his family and I just said, sorry, I just... I can't do this. Um, I'm still kind of seeing my ex and I feel really wrong about it. Um, I'm just, I'm sorry, I'm not interested. And he said that that news or that those words would have absolutely floored him and it would have activated his chase mode and his pursuit mode and no way, I can't have that happen. Um, But he was super calm because he knew that I was going to be his wife. He knew that he was sent to me for a bigger reason than he he actually knew. So he just stood around. He just supported me. He knew, obviously, um, that I had lots of demons of the past and, um, and he just loved me unconditionally. But this time he didn't leave and he hasn't left. He's been the strongest, most amazing person in my life. In fact, the number one person who I believe has helped heal my soul and really undo a lot of these really shitty beliefs that I had. So if you are somebody in who hasn't yet found your Morgan, um, they exist. I need you to hear that. They really, really do. Um, and don't do what I've done um, and, you know, waste time um, by keeping up these walls. So... After going through my personal development journey counselling where I was really just working on myself and I was, I was really working through a particular area of pain when I did my counselling 
Um, I did lots of intensive work um, around the relationship that I had with my father and what it meant. I did a lot of grieving. I went through all the different emotions. Um, But really it wasn't until 2018 that I came, I had to have surgery. If you followed along a while, you'll know that I have endometriosis and I, I've shared a little bit about this, but I had to have surgery and I was terrified of this surgery. Um, and there were a lot of limiting beliefs and things that um, probably my inner child was jumping up and down about because I was scared. Uh, I didn't want to see doctors. I didn't, I didn't want to be um, vulnerable in this space of not being in control. Um, and I didn't know what they'd find, all of that good stuff. Um, but I remember in 2018, I decided that I wanted to have more intimacy in my life. And what that meant was I actually wanted for people to love me um, because I had spent years loving them but not allowing them to love me. Um, And that is what I did when I had these walls up. But in 2018, I was like, I want these walls down. These these walls are actually stopping me from being able to, to be able to have everything that I want in my life. So I, 2018, I thought, okay, cool, I'm going to go through the surgery. Uh, My health cover was crap. It didn't cover it. And uh, I remember getting to the actual appointment date. I was meant to go in the next day and I found out that my surgery is going to be six grand and I thought, I can't, I can't afford that. And then I looked to Morgan and I just said, I can't do it. It's just, it's too much money. And he said to me, he goes, we've got the money. Your health will always come first. We're doing this. You're doing this. And I remember rescheduling that and I remember going, wow, like this man is loving me. This man has been through the ringer with me. This man is prepared to pay for this surgery and he paid for it. And I thought, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take this big brave step and I'm going to start to bust down some of these walls. And so the actual getting the surgery, uh, the laparoscopy, was the first deconstruction Um, phase of breaking down these walls and I went in and I came out and that's um, yeah probably another podcast I did share over on Alpha Babes my endometriosis story if you're interested in listening Um, and yeah I I remember healing and he was right there and I just thought wow I was ready to receive that love um and, and I have been ever since, and it's been the most beautiful experience. Morgan and I have been together 14 years in April, um, and yet for the first 10, 10, 11 years, I was, I had my walls up. I was in that bedroom. I didn't want to go anywhere. I wanted to keep safe, and I didn't want to receive his love because love has always hurt me. However, I let it in. And it's been the most amazing healing experience and it's so good to actually receive love and it's actually amazing to give it and having that dynamic of giving and receiving love is what I really believe um, is the foundation of a very, very healthy and long-lasting relationship. So the first step, sorry, that was a really long story, but the first step was uh, is to identify your walls where are they? Where have you been the most hurt? Where are you the most scared? Okay, so a big trigger point for me was getting married. Um, and that obviously has a lot to do just with that that dynamic of love and relationships and people leaving. 
The next thing, next step to breaking down your walls is breaking down your walls will involve trusting yourself and others. I had to trust myself. I had to trust myself. And what I mean by that, when I said in 2018, okay, cool, I'm ready for these walls to come down. I had to trust that I knew that if things went pear shape and he didn't, and he, and he walked away, that I had enough strength to know what to do. I had three, four other relationships and I survived. So I, re- I in that moment, was like, well, I've done this before. If he leaves, I know what to do. I get the house. I got the furniture. You know, we do, we, we do things and we move forward. And so you've got to learn that when you are ready to break down those walls, it is going to evolve you trusting you, but also you trusting others. You're going to know, like I had enough data on Morgan to know that he was going to stick by me no matter what. He had weathered so many storms and he still stayed here. He loved me unconditionally. I had enough, he had enough, um, what do you call, um, money in the bank with me to prove that he wasn't going to walk away. Sometimes you're going to have other people in your, in your world that you're not quite sure about if you can trust that's going to take time. So just go with that. Um, But also learn to trust yourself. If you're not ready to trust others, trust yourself. Remind yourself that if the worst case scenario happened, what would you do and how would you handle it? And if you have a plan and you know exactly how to answer that, you're going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Step three, and this is the most important one, it says no time limits when breaking down walls. In fact, sometimes the slower the better. When we go too fast at breaking down our emotional walls, we can sometimes trust others that shouldn't be trusted. We can sometimes move faster than, than we actually can process. So there is no time limits in breaking down your walls. Look at me, 14-year relationship. I decided to break them down after 10 years. 10 years. 10 years of wasted time, 10 years of being in that room thinking I was controlling life, but really what I was doing was hurting myself. So there's no time limits when breaking down walls. So take that pressure off. You don't need to move through this process fast. In fact, it's almost like getting the hammer out, banging a little bit of that wall, stepping back, having a big fat coffee, some lunch, looking through that hole cool, can't see the full picture yet. I'm fine with that. I'm going to sit here for the next week just looking at that one little hole that I made in the wall. And the next week I'm going to get out and I'm going to hit another space. It takes time. When you're, especially when you've been severely hurt or you have really bad trust issues, you're going to need to take things slow, okay? Because I will guarantee you something. The longer you hang around somebody else, the more that you're going to be able to see what that person is about. If you rush into things too quickly, if you jump from relationship to relationship, how do you know? You've got to weather storms with people. You've got to see the patterns in people to know if they are able to, to love you unconditionally. So things take time and it's okay to take things slow, all right? Actions always speak louder than words so don't get caught up in what others say to you oh you know I'm never going to leave you I'm going to I'm going to 
you're going to, you know, don't need to worry about any of that with me. I'll never cheat on you and blah, 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 blah. No, let their actions speak loud and clear to you. Let that be your proof. Step four is find others to hold your hand and remind yourself why it's important to break down these walls. Who said that we have to break down walls by ourselves? Who said that? No one. There are going to be times where you might take that hammer and you might poke a little hole in the wall, but there's going to be other times where you actually get a hammer and you get your best friend with you and you start to bang down some of those walls. It could be that you get a coach and you really explore this one area. You're not supposed to break down walls alone. You don't need to. You can have support. All you need to do is just ask for it. It's really important for you to remember your why. Why am I breaking down these walls? Why do I want to do this? Because to be in a bedroom for five, ten years, it gets pretty boring. You end up hurting yourself more. And there is a great, magnificent life for you just waiting. The greatness that you want is in you already. But we've got to bust down a few walls sometimes in order for you to access it. So just know that you're not supposed to do this alone. One of the greatest joys that I have is helping others break down some walls, challenge their belief systems, help them see things from new perspectives, allow them to actually get excited about what's over that wall. That is the most exciting thing. You don't need to stay in that room forever. You don't need to be there. You're just hurting yourself. And lastly, once we're starting to chip away at that wall and we're taking all the time in the world that we need to, to bust down those walls, it's important for you to create more moments that reinforce how you feel when you start to see the other side. So for me, with my relationship with Morgan, I have so many beautiful moments where I am giving love and receiving love and I'm just like, wow. In fact, one of the most recent things and um, that's happened is Morgan's health hasn't been great. Um, some of you will know this through stories. Um, if you're a brand new listener, Morgan has had a silent migraine and still continues to have it um, since the 8th of December. Um, and we go through waves of him getting um, really bad um, migraines, um, his vision's been terrible. However, I have a very short attention span when it comes to like looking after people <laughs> and when they're sick. Okay. I love looking after people, but I just, you know, the man flu, you just kind of go, Oh my God, like get over it. I didn't once do that. And I haven't once done that since, um, Morgan's got unwell. And I remember just in the first initial two to three weeks, Morgan said to me, he goes, wow, you really love me. No, he didn't say love. He goes, you really like me, don't you? (laughs) I was like, like, what do you mean? I love you. I don't want anything to happen to you. And I think for him, the poor guy, for 10 years, he didn't know if I was sticking around or if I was staying. Um, You know, I kept my bloody furniture when I moved out. I bought a house um, because it was one of my major goals. I actually bought the house without him knowing about it. That's how, like, I was like, I'm not letting anybody in. I'm doing this all on my own. Um, But I actually kept the furniture from that house for five years, just in case. Just in case I needed to move out, I had 
furniture. Um, and I remember slowly letting that go and selling it off and going, wow, I'm this is one step closer to being here forever and I'm going to do this, blah, blah, blah. Um, see how slow it was for me um, but, and see how that one little bang of that wall was just getting rid of my furniture. That was the next thing that I had to do. Um, but through Morgan's health thing, you know, I think for him, for the longest time, he didn't know if I was coming or going and then to actually go, oh my God, wow, you're going to stick with me even when I'm at my worst. I was able to show him that and I still show him that daily and there's just all these moments where there's this beautiful transaction of receiving and giving love in our relationship. It's really healthy and for me, it's about creating more of those moments because the more moments I create in that space, the 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 power of the past doesn't have any impact on me anymore. I don't need to worry about that he's going to leave or that I'm going to be hurt or all of those things. I don't need to be in that space. That space just hurts me. But what I choose to focus on and what I choose to create is moments of the giving and receiving of love, the, you know, the dinner's out, the, you know, every every um, night we walk the dogs, we hold hands. Um, and that to me is, is just important to be connected and to be visible to one another um, because that is what I truly want is those relationships that have deep intimacy and have that unconditional love and trust. And that is what's important to create. Once you get through those walls, right, it's about creating more moments in that space and the more moments that you create, the less impact the past has, okay? So your walls are supposed to be broken, You're not supposed to stay in the same room forever. There is a whole bloody house for you to explore. There's a mansion, in fact, with, you know, 10 acres of land. I need to get you out of your wall, out of your one little bedroom. There's one little idea that you need to keep yourself safe. There are good people out there. There are people that can hold your hand and help you bust down these walls. You're not supposed to do it alone. That's never supposed to be how it should be done. You've got to learn to trust yourself. You've got to learn to know that you have all the skills, everything that you need within you to get through hard times. You do. And if you don't trust yourself, there's going to be somebody that shows up because I honestly believe that the universe, God, whatever you believe in, always looks after you. Always. There is always beauty in this world. Always. So, Your walls are supposed to be broken. You're not meant to stay there forever. This world deserves to see you, all of you, your beautifulness, your magnificence. It deserves it. It so deserves to see you and you deserve to see yourself shine and be in a space where you are able to have all the love and everything that you need. You deserve that. So there we go. There was my very long-winded story in there, but I hope that you connected with some of those parts of that story. Um, if you are in need of hand-holding and you're ready to bust down some walls, you'll know it. Reach out. Send me a DM. I'd love to be that person that holds your hand and coaches you through. But until next time, please go join my Facebook group. I'm going to start promoting it via my Instagram stories. I've kept it fairly quiet. 
It's called Evolve with Hannah Rose. It's the actual private group. But to find it, you need to go to my Facebook page, The Hannah Rose, hit like, and then it will say join group. You answer some few basic questions and then we jump in. I'm starting to gear up more teaching time in there. I've got a U-Butte studio um, that has all the cameras and all the things um, and I need to get in there and start doing some more teaching um, and I'll be doing that exclusively in that group. But sending you lots of love. If this has resonated with you, please reach out, let me know, um, share the episode away and uh, if you're tech savvy, leave me a review on Apple um, Podcast. Um, I don't think you can do that on Spotify. I think we found that out. My beautiful sister actually left me the very first review and I think um, that's just amazing. She's always been my number one supporter um, and I'm letting her be my number one supporter because, you know, you got to let people help you and you got to let people love you and you are worthy to be loved and worthy to be seen. All right, until next time, bye.